Greetings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to Flesh Wound Horror Live. I am Flesh Wound Dan, joined as always by producer Todd. Good evening. Mike Kruger. Welcome to Primetime, bitch. And our special guest tonight, Mr. Max Ammo. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. Yeah, um, it's good to have you on, finally, because... We're always talking horror on like Facebook and shit. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I do nothing. I love more than talking about horror movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we're here tonight actually to talk about a legend, in my opinion, Giovanni Lombardo Radice. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Max, since you're on for the first time, tell us a little about yourself. How you got into horror. How I got into horror. Uh, I got into horror originally from the uh, black and white Universal movies, you know, the original Frankenstein, uh, Dracula, all these movies, you know, because my old man would let me watch those from any age, you know. So I got really into the Universal horror and then Creature Features, Godzilla, you know. Um, oh, yeah. and, then, and then I was a kid, you know, during the VHS uh, in the 80s, you know, the VHS boom. I mean, we used to go into my video libraries at Pet Shop. You know, it's a pet shop, and then it just had a room out back for the VHS and all the posters, you know, and had all the, all the Italian post-apocalyptic movies and, and, the, and the, just the great 80s slashes, and we would go looking at the covers. We spent hours in there, like literally hours in the video library just reading the back of every single cover, and, you know, it was just an exciting time because there was no availability of film when I was, you know, in the 70s when I was a kid. And so just when I hit a teen, suddenly you could rent stuff and it was exciting, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Absolutely. 80s was just a great decade, you know. Absolutely. And, and you're from the UK, so you remember the video Nasty. Era, oh, sure. I do. Yeah, it was outrageous, man. I had to order uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all my Fulci movies from Holland, because Holland would ship them out to the UK because the video nasty for people that don't know the video nasties act was bought in by an older lady called Mary Whitehouse, who was effectively the British answer to Tip of Gore, you know, and she used to boast, but she hadn't seen the film. She was banning. I don't need to watch these films. She would say they're too awful. I'll ban them anyway. So for example, Texas well, 72 movies, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one of them, all your fortune movies. And uh, Life of Brian by Monty Python was one of the video nasties. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Life of Brian was on that list. Apocalypse Now was originally on that list for the simple reason that Cannibal Apocalypse and um, Zombie Apocalypse were on the list. So they just put Apocalypse Now on because they just were going with that word, Apocalypse. There was very little rhyme or reason to the video nasties act. I and mean, it was just nuts, you know. Yeah, there's some fairly mild now. Yeah. Oh, it's quite a lot of these movies are now for PG 13s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of PG 13s, you know. But uh, it, made, it made them so exciting, you know, to order them. You have to order them illegally. It made seeing them so exciting. I mean, you know, I hunted down pretty much every movie on my list I've seen now. <laughs> so it was great PR yeah. for those movies, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so Giovanni Lombardo Radice, um, uh, you, you knew him a little bit, correct, Max? No, I'm just a huge fan, huge fan of his Oh, book. okay. 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 Um, 
so I had a really unusual kind of relationship with him, if you want to call it that. I didn't know him well, but I met him at Chiller Theater, which he was doing Italian Invasion, uh, which was a big, big thing at the time. So many people have sadly passed away since then. And uh, really cool guy, got to talk all about his career. Of course, he started in ballet, if you can believe it. That's all right, movies. yes. Yes, yeah. all these gory movies, and he, he, he does. He does do. He does do a little ballet in uh, stage fright in the Mike Michelle Sauvé slasher. You remember he's dancing. Yeah. He, he do seem doing a little ballet in that part. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did, and uh, I didn't really talk to him a whole lot beyond that, except you know Facebook. But he became friends with my mom, and they bonded over cats. Uh, that was their thing. So my mom has a bunch of correspondence with Giovanni on Facebook just talking about each other's cats. So uh, he was somebody every once in a while my mom would just be like, oh, look, Giovanni, picture of his cat. Uh, so I, I, through my mom at the very least, I got to know kind of the man behind uh, all these grisly movies, and I thought it was really cool. He was a great guy. Um I remember that year at Chiller, there was a huge storm, so no flights went out, and he was just sleeping in the lobby of the hotel and hanging out with people. So uh, if, if anybody out there didn't have the pleasure of meeting him, obviously he's known for some pretty gruesome movies, but he was a great guy, just friendly, uh, really nice. And that was the year that, as far as I'm aware, everybody – listened and didn't record it but that's when David Hess had died and they had a little gathering so I got to hear him speak about David Hess it was very moving and uh yeah I just wanted to get that out there before we talk about the movies he was it was a great yeah. guy if you didn't have the pleasure of meeting him yeah. yeah so often these character actors who play psychopaths and, and just weirdos and stuff are the nicest people when you meet them you know, and the actors, the actors who play like real good guys, you know, a lot of the time kind of square jawed straight shooters, they're total douchebags. You know? <laughs> like, uh, I met, I met, I met Clint Howard and he was lovely. Such a nice guy, you know, and he always plays, he's another character yeah. actor who always plays creepy characters, you know? Yeah. yeah creepy characters are perverts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes both. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so of course, some of you know him as John Morgan, his alter ego. Uh, I believe, even though it's not listed this way, House on the Edge of the Park was his first film. And that was... Any thoughts on House on the Edge of the Park? I mean, Ricky, uh, he didn't even audition for this. He just met Ruggiero Dodato's mother-in-law at a theater. Didn't audition. Do you want to be in the movie? That's as yeah. simple as it was in Italy at the time. Yes, coming to four K. <laughs> oh, that that uh, the house on the edge of the park was on the video's nasties list. Yes, yes. Yeah, that that, you can speaking see. of the video's nasties list, one of Giovanni's claims to fame is not only is he the only actor who's on more than one movie on that list. He's actually on three of them, three movies on that list: <laughs> Cannibal Apocalypse, yeah. The House on the Edge of the Park, and Cannibal Ferox. So he's like three, three of his movies made that list. As far as I know, he's the only actor who's in more than one. So it's another claim to fame he has. I mean, you know, he's 
that's all. There he was in the forefront of the eighties, you know, Italian horror. Yeah. Yeah. They, was City of the Living Dead on that list too, or was it on that secondary list that they had? It was on the secondary list, not the primary okay. list. Yeah. 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 So yeah. uh but House on the Edge of the Park, I mean, right out the gate, uh, it was banging out classic after classic. I mean, 1980 yeah. alone, uh, you know, he had, it, at least in my opinion, uh, three Stone Cold classics with Cannibal Apocalypse, which Kruger just watched, yep. City of the Living Dead and House on the Edge of the Park. But yeah. I'm a huge Cannibal Apocalypse fan, but Kruger, you just saw it for the first time, so I'm curious what you thought. Um, you know, it, it is a totally like batshit insane concept, but I like the fact that like the zombie, like for the fir- for the first time I've seen in a movie in a while, like the cannibal, uh, like if you get bit by a cannibal, you all of a sudden are infected with the hunger. That was pretty cool. Um, obviously, Giovanni uh, Radici killed it. I think that's honestly one of uh, his better roles I've seen him in. I think it's well, uh, it's one of my favorite performances. Is, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he was just so so convincing. Also, iconic way he dies in the movie, getting that shotgun blast, big hole from giant hole. He has a lot. Shot. He has a lot of iconic iconic death scenes. You know, I mean, he gets killed in some incredibly. I mean, fuck me, cannibal apocalypse. He's just, yeah. <laughs> he gets castrated and then, you know, yeah, his cranium slugs. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Cannibal Apocalypse. I had a good time with it. I'm a big John Saxton fan, being such yeah. a you know yeah, me too. Street guy. Yeah, so it was yeah, nice I to John see Saxon. him. I think that's like one of the only horror movies I haven't seen him in. So uh, it was nice to nice to see him back on screen. You know, we just lost him a couple of years ago too. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, it's very sad. But uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a good time. I, I, I especially like though fucking giovanni's death scene that was probably the highlight of the whole movie and just the whole chase in the in the sewers and stuff well, i love the, really- i love the way it's from the cannibal's point of view it's from the, yeah. the cannibal john saxon is essentially the hero the protagonist and he's a cannibal which yeah. makes it a little different to you know i could i think that would have made a great tv show actually if you could they could have followed those cannibals the gang yeah. as they move from city to city kind of pulling off armed robberies and eating people on the way you know, from that point of view, like, you know, uh, like the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that, that kind of idea, you know. Yeah. No, that I, I take my money for that. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you out there who haven't seen it, Cannibal Apocalypse is very different. It's not your Italian jungle-based cannibal yeah, movie. No. It takes place in a city, which yeah. is also really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Antonio Margheriti, uh legend of many genres um i i think that uh it's definitely his most underrated film it ranks pretty high for me because it is it is so very different and it ranks um, very highly for me too it's so grindhouse the the aesthetic is so pure grindhouse that sleazy that sleazy feel like if someone wanted me to explain that's what a grindhouse horror movie is i think it's such a great example of that with the vietnam war uh, start off as well, just a shameless exploitation element, yeah. you know. Yeah, how like, about uh, how about John Saxton's like 
weird love thing going on with like the 14 year old girl the next, next door. door. I know. Yeah. 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 Dude, I was well, getting hella uncomfortable. Like, I'm like, she's definitely. Tom Saxon disowned that movie, right? When it came out, he disowned that movie. He said he was not aware of how gory it was going to be, right? Which I, 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 I'm not sure how much I believe because the fair with the little girl next door, he must have been aware of that because he's in a little yeah. scenes with her, you know. But late, later in his life, he he took back his disowning of the film, you know. And he get the last Blu-ray that came out, he gave an interview for. I have it the, like the last Blu-ray of Cannibal Apocalypse was the first interview John Saxon had given on that movie, you know. Yeah. 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 He uh, was actually going through a divorce at the time, and that's why he kind of had to do it. Uh, so he wasn't fond of it, but uh, Saxon came around on a lot of the films he made, uh, particularly that kind of post Enter the Dragon horror run later in his career. He had a lot of Fangoria yeah. panels that he talked fondly about a lot of them. So, well, of course, yeah, he, directed, I, I he directed a horror movie, didn't he? He's only the only movie John Saxon directed was um, Zombie Zombie Death House. Is it the one in prison? It's set in a prison, yeah. but it's the only movie John Saxon directed in his whole career, and it's a zombie movie. No kidding. Yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great movie to be honest about it, and it's frustrating because it kind of had the potential to be like very good. And, and it's not good at all, you know. He well, had a rough run there. He made like Hellmaster, and he had a couple. Not Beyond so Evil, movies. Beyond, Beyond yeah. Evil with uh, what's her name, Linda Linda George, Christopher George. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy yeah. that movie just because they're good. They're good, but it's it's a very dull, dull horror movie. It it is. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just at this period, uh, just a string of classics. I mean, City of the Living Dead. Of course, that's, I know we're all a fan. Yeah, of. that's that's my oh, favorite. Yeah. That's my that's other than zombie, like zombie in that battle for my favorite Fulci film. But City of the Living Dead, out of the whole Gates of Hell. Like I know a lot of people prefer the Beyond, but in the Gates yeah. of Hell trilogy, uh, City of the Living Dead is my favorite. It's a yeah. great movie. I, I, I to be honest, I, I would say the Beyond's probably like my favorite movie. Period. I just yeah. fucking love that movie. It's I just, the yeah, atmosphere, I just, uh, the I just, atmosphere in all of those movies. Yeah, I just actually got to see uh, the Beyond uh, with the composer cut of the film, uh, which is like it's got a whole different soundtrack. Uh, they were showing it at my local art house theater. Uh, oh wow, I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to check that out. So it's Fabio Fizzi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, it, it it was just awesome seeing it on the big screen again. But uh, the, 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 the Gates of Hell trilogy, all of those movies, I think, are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're severely underrated. But so the have you seen Dead, the? Oh god, sorry, I was gonna say, have you seen the Ebion Ebion Press comics that they've done based around the Gates of Hell series? I've really I have I, I have the yeah. uh, the Ebion Press uh, Maniac comics, but I want to get the the. Other oh, so do I. Yeah, I look. I got the poster up behind me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I spotted that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Gates of Hell ones are really good, and they they did uh, they carried on the story of zombie as well. You know, they go back to yeah. the island, and, and it's it's cool, man. Fulci's in it as a mad general. Yeah. Oh no, shit. That's it. That's yeah. awesome. I'm gonna have to check those out. Yeah, uh, yeah, he. Yeah, I they mean, could have been on press, you know. 
Yeah, they they do some amazing work. New York Ripper, I know they did as well. Um, yeah, I want to get the New York Ripper versus Maniac. They did the both of them together in a comic. Yeah, the, I, I I have I haven't the, read that yet. Yeah, I have that one, and it's pretty great. Oh, uh, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a great way to make sequels when you don't have the money and you want to keep the flavor and carry on the story. I mean, it is a great way to um, make sequels, you know. Yeah, no, still to this day, dude, one of my favorite, uh, like, comic book sequels was the Ash versus uh, Freddy versus Jason thing they did after the movie. If you ever read that, that, like, such a great way to fucking just add a little bit more to the story. Was that Dark Horse comics? Was that yeah. Dark Horse? Yeah. Yeah. They did uh, another one of my favorite sequels was Hellraiser versus Nightbreed, Jihad. That was an amazing comic. That I didn't even know that was the 90s. Oh, dude, it's yeah. fucking... It, the art is sublime. The art is some great art in that. And a great story, too. You know? There's so many great... Uh, I mean, the Hellraiser comics where Kirsty takes Pinhead's place yeah. in hell. It's the new Pinhead. Uh, there's so many yeah, great stories. That, yeah. yeah, I'd love to see them get to yeah. that in movies at some point, but it's pretty expensive to adapt it. But yeah. uh, uh, So one movie of Giovanni's that he hated, uh, in fact, that's one conversation I had with him, and he's had said many times in interviews, Cannibal Ferox. Hated yeah. the movie and hated Umberto Lenzi, the director. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I haven't heard this. Yeah, he was not fond of that film. He thought it went a little too far. And uh, it's a shame because I think he's so good in it. I love, yeah, I oh, I love, I love yeah. that movie. I love it's, it. I mean, oh, uh, go ahead, man. Sorry, controversially, I was going to say, I, I actually prefer it to Cannibal Holocaust, you know? But I mean, oh, wow. Cannibal Holocaust is a better movie I, because, you know, it introduced the found footage genre really yeah. into horror movies. But I just find Cannibal Ferox is more fun. It's just a more entertaining, more of a fun movie because it's not as serious as Cannibal Holocaust, you know? Yeah. And I really love Giovanni in that movie, you know? It's this cocaine, oh, skipping, rapist, evil, Yeah, he plays yeah, such a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and he gets it so satisfactorily too. I mean, he so deserves to get castrated. He does, you know. It's Dude, like, yeah. cast, castrated, and they chopped the top of his head off. Like, yeah, he, he's great. Yeah, like they killed, like they uh, killed, like those monkeys in China. I remember that. Uh, it reminds yeah. me of the faces of death. Faces of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that movie. So though, why I did mean, he like Lenzi? What was his issue with him, Berto Lenzi? I I'm not sure exactly if it was just stuff on set, but he always kind of trash talked uh, Umberto Lenzi. I, uh, which is odd because he worked with Fulci and he got. Yeah, along I was going to say Fulci. most people most people trash talk Fulci. I mean, he was a hard man <laughs> yeah. to work with by all accounts. Yeah, Fulci would. Did it on location? Was it on location? Cannibal Ferox? Did they actually go to the Amazon or was that someone's garden in Italy? I <laughs> know. Uh, I believe they actually did. Uh, very, you know, followed a similar path. And of course, Lindsay really, man from Deep River, I mean, he kind of started. He did, yeah, started yeah. that genre, yeah. Yeah, yeah he and what's get the credit. But. His other one, Eating Alive, that's a great movie with a cult leader. Yeah. He did. I, I'm, I'm an easy mark for the cannibal stuff. Mountain of the Cannibal God, a little less. Oh, yeah, that one, Steve. Yeah, I love that movie, yeah. 
Yeah, but a little less extreme, but I love that movie. Part yeah, of it's more yeah, adventure I, movie. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem yeah. was the animal violence was uh, Giovanni's issue. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That fucking, uh, what, are, what is it? A it's a tapir. Yeah. Tapir yeah. getting eaten by a constrictor snake. And it yeah, goes and it, fucking yeah. on and on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's to the point where its fucking eyes are popping out of its goddamn yeah. head. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say those movies get this reputation for being... Uh, you know the animal stuff, but I don't know if you've ever seen Calamity of Snakes. They yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, they they kill like a five million snakes. snakes making that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a wild movie. In Bruno, ties rats night of terror. They kill a lot of rats in that movie. There's some rats on fire, like real rats on fire running around. I think in I saw. A cu- I think I saw a couple in uh, Cannibal Apocalypse too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Hunchback of the Morgue with Paul Nash. He's kind of known for it. But the Italian cannibal movies just always. Of course, the worst, the worst, scene. the worst movie for animal abuse and human abuse. Actually, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a movie called Wild Beasts. It's an Italian movie about animals in the zoo drinking PCP in the water, and the animals go on rampage. And for the movie, in the scene of the movie, they set a bunch of lions on a bunch of cattle in the cow market. And these lions are just ripping these cows apart for the movie. And then there's another scene where it's a little child rolling about under an elephant's hoofs. And they're using a real kid. It's, it's, <laughs> that movie is absolutely fucking mental. I, if you want, it's just so nuts and so dangerous. You can't believe, you literally can't believe what you're seeing with the, with the, the animals interacting with each other and the humans. Yeah, Wild Beasts. Yeah. I can't remember who directed it. It's um, British Italian. It, yeah, back then, set safety was just a suggestion, and Peter oh, was yeah. just a bread. So. Well, Peter were not there when this movie was made, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it the beginning of Mountain of the Cannibal God? You can see, like, they're, like, poking the something with a stick, but they, like, overlay, like, so yeah. it looks like a plant, and it's just, like, touching it. <laughs> Yeah. I want to say that's Mountain of the Cannibal God. They're hiding them, yeah. trying they're, to poke the animal with the stick. I always <laughs> recommend if you want a lighter cannibal flick, really more of an adventure one, Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. Oh, I love uh, Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love Michael Soft Soft Kill. Kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, no dinosaurs. I, I'm out. There's no dinosaurs, but but there is a I witch doctor. There is a witch doctor wearing a dinosaur mask. At the end. Okay, that, yeah. now I'm a little enticed. There yeah, you go. yeah, and it's cannibals, there's piranhas, you know, and Michael yeah. Sokil or Sokil. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I love him. Yeah. Blast Fighter is one of my favorite uh, yeah. Italian action movies. It's just a great, yeah. great movie. Yeah, after Blast the fall Fighter. of New York as well. Yeah, after the fall of New York is is a real nice post-apocalyptic too. I actually tried yeah. to find Michael Sokil. He has a shop in. Santa Marta. When I was living in Venice, already oh, has yeah. a, he runs a business now making glass jars which um, stop UV light getting into weed. So you can keep your weed in these glass. That's his business, Michael Sopkow. It's very random. He patented these <laughs> jars. And I was trying to find his place in uh, Santa Marta, but I never did. I couldn't find the address because I wanted to go get my DVD signed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> just go ambush him with my DVDs. Blast yeah. Fighter doesn't get talked about enough. Blast Fighter is just right, a action movie. Oh, it yeah. is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. 
That, that's um, Lambert de Barber. I love Lambert de Barber. He's so fucking underrated. He's made so many movies I've enjoyed, like Demons and yeah. Blade in the Dark and Last Fighter. Yeah, he's still he's still kicking. A Blade in the Dark, I know, is getting a 4K, I believe, soon from Vinegar Syndrome. So oh, I love it. I think it's 4K. Yeah, yeah it's this yeah. month. Yeah. Like this end of the month. Very nice. And uh, one one interesting thing I also had learned uh, about him was he would go, of course, on to work with Michele Suave. And uh, Michele was initially going to play Ricky, his part in House on the Edge of the Park, before oh, really? they wow. just kind of saw Giovanni uh, and preferred him. But at one point, Michele was going to actually play that role. And... Uh, in between all these classics, he does a ton of TV work. His IMDb is actually not complete at all. I mean, he did a ton of theater and Italian TV, but um, I'm a big black exploitation guy and one that uh, not so much a black exploitation film, but he did work with Fred the Hammer Williamson on Deadly Impact. Oh, I love Impact. Fred Williamson. Oh, which one's yeah. Deadly Impact? I'm a huge Fred Williamson fan. Uh, uh, Fabrizio D'Angelis directed it. Bo Svensson's actually the star. Uh, oh, it's in Vegas. It's in Vegas, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, memory serves. Yeah, I think it was. It's it's really easy to find. It's always been like yeah. kind of yeah. a public domain title. Yeah, yeah. I have to look it up. I think I've seen it. I've definitely seen Fred Williamson and Bo Svensson in a movie together, but I don't remember long uh, Giovanni being in it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he has a small role in that, I believe. And uh, uh, that one's worth checking out. Uh, he, he did some uh, some more mainstream stuff, too. I mean, he was in Gangs of New York. Uh, he was in uh, The Omen from... Gangs of New York, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very good actor. Yeah. And Wait, never I, stopped. I don't remember him being in Gangs of New York. I've got to go back and rewatch it to see... Part he's in. It says he's he's in the play. There's a play page, and he's one of the actors in the play. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, it's been probably 15 years since I've watched that movie, but uh, I needed to go back and watch it as well. I was visiting actually in California, Todd, uh, when he had passed, and when I got back, I was like, I need to just go through his whole career again because there's just there's so much good stuff. I mean, a lot of the TV stuff really isn't available, but. Um, uh, we should definitely talk about the Michele Soebi work uh, that he did, though, which, uh, of course, uh, Stage Fright, I believe, was the first one in 87. Uh, Stage Fright. Wasn't that a recent watch for you, too? Uh, uh, what, Stage Fright? Yeah, we watched it a couple years ago. and uh, Yeah. yeah f- fucking crazy-ass Italian slasher uh, with a really, really cool... Like, the gore in that movie is fantastic. I love the premise of everything. Um, of course, Giovanni Radici kills it as usual. And just anytime he pops up in a movie, man, it just makes it better. Yeah, the owl mask, the killer wears in that movie is very cool. Uh, yeah. You know, that whole movie is stylish. Very, so, super stylish. Yeah, it's very Jallo-esque. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, for me, he was like the last great Italian director. I, I pronounced Michelle Sauvé. Uh, How do you yeah. pronounce his name? Michele I mean, I'd say Sauvé. Michelle. Okay, Michele. Well, I mean, he's a fantastic director. Uh, you know, it, 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 to my mind, he was the last of the great Italian directors, you know. 
Uh, he was. Like, he was uh, sad. Yeah, he got sidelined because of uh, an illness. His son family. got sick, didn't he? I believe his son got sick. But he did. Yeah. So Giovanni was in uh, the sect as well yeah. and the yeah. church. Those were, those were the survey movies he did. Yeah. I don't believe he was in Cemetery Man, which is my favorite survey movie. Cemetery Man yeah. is just such a, such a fun movie. It's so yeah. random. Yeah. Who could ever have been an Italian yeah. Yeah. horror movie? Yeah. It's so, so strange. Yeah. And but Italian horror, he's amazing. Italian horror was kind of dead by 94, but Cemetery Man yeah. just kind of yeah, came out. Yeah, out still. Yeah, yeah amazing yeah. movie. I could have seen Giovanni in the Rupert Everett role, which would have been interesting. Maybe he's <laughs> a little too old at that point, I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah, he, he managed to work with a lot of the masters. He worked with Joe D'Amato. Uh, Lamberto Baba, we talked about. Uh, he he really got around. He doesn't have that massive oh, filmography did, yeah. that like a Jack Taylor has. But uh, as far as like uh, Euro uh, film stars, like he was just, I mean, classic after classic. Uh, Phantom of Death. Now there we go. One. Finally, yes. I was waiting. <laughs> yes, yeah, Dodato, a Dodato film. Todd, you're That's a fan. Second Dodato movie. Well, look yeah. at the cast on that one, Dan. Of course, yeah, it's a great movie. Michael York is a fantastic actor. All any movies, yeah. and you know, you, then you got Donald Pleasance, Edward yes. Fennec. Um, oh, she's yeah. she's a beautiful lady, Edward Fennec. Yeah. Uh, strip nude for your killer, I think is yeah. which has the short hair. She's absolutely stunning. She is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't age. I wish more of the Italian sex comedies she did would hit Blu-ray. They're they're getting kind yeah. of hard to find even on DVD, sadly. But uh, uh, yeah, Edwig's timeless. I mean, that lady does not age. Look, it's weird. I mean, yeah, look at her in Hostel, which has been like probably twenty years now. Hostel, Hostel too. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, Body Puzzle was another one he did with Lamberto Baba. Um, we already brought up the church. The church, yeah. The, the church. church yeah. yeah. Michele, it was just like great film after great film. It's so sad that he, he left. But at that point, all the work was in Italian TV. That's why a lot of these yeah. guys, yeah. you know, Giovanni didn't stop working. It's just, you know, there was no more, you know, big italian imports at that point that yeah, were the, the international the international film market really like it just changed and like those mm -hmm. these types of movies that we all loved weren't getting exported and they were spending money on you know more stuff for their i would, I would say for the country but like more you know not stuff they're planning on sending out to the world yeah yeah. yeah, well, Fuji and uh, Lenzi both pretty much finished off making TV moves, and they did all those Casa, remember the Casa series, Fuji and Lenzi mm -hmm. both made movies for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of TV, House of Clocks, yeah. Ghost House, those are all, those are good, those, I mean, those are pretty good movies, you know, yeah. for TV movies, certainly. Yeah, House of Clocks in particular, I think yeah. that's one of his best as far as his TV movie work. Um, yeah. Uh, so we talked about this briefly before we went live, but there was going to be a house on the edge of the park, too, which 
sadly we didn't get of course david hess dying and just financing never really coming in but if i recall it was going to be his character was locked up for 30 years and is just getting out giovanni's character yeah and uh uh, I believe uh, you had said before Hess was going to be a ghost and his Hess head. was going to be a ghost of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just imagine it's like like Dexter, but instead of this person telling you to do good, it's going to be David Hess telling you. Yeah, yeah. Tell you have a good time. David Hess is just so intense. He's yeah. his characters. For every character that he plays, except for Body Cam, where he's kind of neat and already there, but like uh, Hitchhike, House on the Left, okay. and the House on the Edge of the Park, he's so intense. So I intense. The Hitchhike I, is fucking amazing. For anyone who yeah. hasn't seen that movie, not yeah. to be confused with The Hitchhike or Wood the Hour, it's a different movie. But he's Franco Nero. And, um, Franco Nero, yeah. Yeah, it's a great uh, kind of road movie, Giallo. And uh, Hess is, you know, really fantastic, outstanding in that movie. It's his personal so favorite movie. Yeah, so believable, he, you know. He he's quoted it's his the favorite his favorite movie that he did, and uh, it was ironic because I knew Hess a little bit better than I knew uh, Giovanni, and he was all about his music. He he was not very fond of a lot of his film work either. But Hitchhike was always one that he would talk about and just say, yeah, I really felt that's my best film. And it was a bigger film. I mean, Franco Nero. Yeah, it's a bigger budget. I think it's yeah. a bigger budget than these other movies. Yeah, Franco Nero, of course, was a huge international star. So uh, that's the one a lot of people just don't talk about. It's 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 odd. I mean, we're Hitchhike. big Last House on the Left fans here, but Hitchhike is so good, too. Yeah. I mean, Hitchhike, I, I, I came to that movie later than because it just I hadn't heard of it so much. I think about it's only about 15 years ago that I actually saw it for the first time, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm he... so surprised. I was going to say it was one of the best movies that I hadn't seen from the yeah. 80s that I still hadn't seen until very recently. I was absolutely, wow, this is really, really good movie. You know, it's a great twist, some really great twists in the plot, you know? Keeps you really guessing what happens next. Absolutely yeah. does. Dan, you're, you muted yourself. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, uh, Hitchhike, if you guys out there haven't watched it, definitely track it down. The DVD, it's on Blu-ray now, too. It's not hard to get a hold of anymore. So do yourself a favor. It's on, it, the whole movie's on YouTube. I found the whole movie on YouTube in HD, if you put it out. I feel like I, I we were so into the conversation. I've been ignoring our, our chat completely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot, guys. Um, well, Pizal said nobody died in Italian horror like Radice. Yeah, yeah. He he died brutally just about every time. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of his later work, and I mean. We were talking about it. It, it. It's not great, but House of Flesh Mannequins, as far as a performance, I would also throw that one out. Unearthed put that out as well. He was in that? I, I yeah. fucking don't. I, what year was yeah. that? What year did that come out then? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe, I believe he was in that, although I'd have to go back and double check. Maybe my mind's playing tricks on me, but. 
Uh, I know he was in Violent Shit, the movie. I could be wrong. Yeah, he is. Yes, yes. I was. That uh, was yeah. probably his better one of his better later movies. You know, he's in that quite a lot as well. He's quite a big part in that. Yeah, he's he's really good in it. It's not it's not on par with his earlier stuff, but uh, that one. At least his performance. He's very good in it. So it's got some nice music. It's got some good music, too. they got Claudio Simonetti's in doing the score. It's, the score is much better than the movie deserves. You know, the movie yeah. has actually better actors and better music than this movie really deserves, you know. Because it's also yeah. got Enzo, Enzo Castorelli and uh, Lu, Luigi Cosi as um, yeah. making a cameo as two cops. I, I, love, I love Enzo Castorelli. It's one of my favorites, you know. Oh, Not so yeah. much for horror, but for the action movies and the westerns, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. The, he, he has some great spaghetti western work, like just yeah. some great shit. Um, and uh, yeah, um, but yeah, for anybody that didn't have the pleasure of meeting him, because he didn't, he didn't do a ton of conventions. I, I was really grateful that Chiller and uh, Mike Baronis, who ran uh, the Italian Invasion portion of that convention uh brought him out i mean he, he was just a really just cool friendly guy i got to see him he was really close to david hess uh oh, that's nice. yeah his speech uh at his sort of uh wake i guess you would call it at the convention was was really quite moving and uh i was just chatting with my mom today and uh, she had pulled up like some of the messages that they had uh, back and forth. And he just, just a really sweet guy. Uh, it's, it's too bad. He died too soon. I know it was sudden. I, I don't even really know. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I couldn't find a cause of death online. Did, I couldn't see a specific cause of death, but he was only in, he was in his uh, early seventies. So yeah. You know, for Italians, Italians are normally go, you know, long lived, long lived people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Is it, it was just really kind of touching, just some of that. They hadn't talked in a while, but they kept up every now and again, just on Facebook and uh, it, sort of his conversations with my mom. It's like you know, I wish I made some nicer movies I could recommend to you because my mom's not a horror fan. And uh, that well, was neither was Giovanni. He said to himself several times, "Interviews. I don't like horror movies. I haven't seen. I haven't seen half of my own movies because I don't like horror movies." Yeah. Which, I always think that's sad. You know, it's really yeah. sad when you're good at something and you don't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't yeah. appreciate it. It's like, uh, I guess he didn't find it that fulfilling, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, he, he his work's going to live on because we'll never get, we were talking about this the other day, we'll never get something like Cannibal Ferox again. No. Uh, no. That's, that time is just past, so I, I yeah. think those movies will live on. I can't even imagine something like Cannibal Apocalypse again. I mean, it's a really good movie, too. These Italian, any of these Italian horror movies, because the thing is, even though they were fairly low budget, they had such stunning cinematography. They're all yeah. so well shot. I mean, you know, like, um, the, you know, you can have bad dialogue, bad characterization, but they always look stunning. And the soundtracks are normally really fucking good, too. And nowadays, low budget movies, they're always shot on digital, you know, with shitty, just shittily, the shots are not well Posed and they just don't look low budget horror. Most low budget horror does not look 
as good as these Italian movies did, you know? It's yeah, so man. hard. I mean, a lot of the Italian horror that they shot in New York, like you go back and watch something like Zombie or New York Ripper, and some of the shots they get, like, I mean, I, I could pull out a cell phone and start filming and I'd have security on me in like five seconds. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I met a producer who worked on Ripper of New York uh, oh, he, yeah. and on the Bronx Warriors as well. And he was saying, Ripper of New York, all those shots were gorilla shot. They just, you know, like yeah. on the ferry, everything, they shot without any kind of permission at all. And they looked fucking great. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's when she gets stabbed in the ferry in the car. I mean, that whole scene was shot uh, without any permission, you know. Yeah, you never had it. Was Larry Cohen style, where you just like, we're going to put Andy Kaufman in this parade and we're just going <laughs> to film it uh, <laughs> for the movie. Uh, I think it was uh, Fred Williamson had a story once where he's like, Fred, I'm just going to need you. We're going to just drive real quick around this alley and we need you to like jump out of the car and he's just like ah you do it first uh <laughs> i think he got his way he didn't end up having to do it because it's like well, just be real quick just dive out hit the ground it won't hurt too bad uh, <laughs> but that's how you had to do it i mean they do feel more like proper movies uh now where i mean even something mainstream like Scream 6, I mean, my God, they didn't even bother getting establishing shots in New York. That, no. That's the least New York-looking horror movie I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It's <laughs> Montreal, I think they shot it. Uh, we're getting Italian, so the time they would just shoot the exteriors in New York and then all the interiors would be back in Rome. You know, because quite often yeah. it's, it's quite obvious if you are familiar with European apartments because they all look so european inside these buildings and you know the outsides of new york brownstone you know yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. That gorilla shoot they shot if, if, if you've seen uh manual and the last cannibals oh, yeah. there's uh where the wooden pilings go down into the sea in new york he actually has sex with laura gamesner actually it yeah. has a sex scene on this wooden Pile, which they clearly have not got shooting permission for, and it's like in public in New York, they're literally shooting two people having unsorry real sex. Yeah, and it's a real movie. This is a real movie shot on film, you know. And it's a fucking good movie, yeah. Manual of the Lost Cannibals, too. I love that yeah. movie, you know. It's, it's just so weird and freaky, and the music is so great, you know. But I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate gorilla shooting, you know, just like your sex scene is turning another burden yeah. for it. Just go ahead. And it's funny, New Yorkers, it'll just like, they'll just walk right by. They don't care. Like, whatever, just another day in New York. Uh, Kruger, we're going to have to show you Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals and Emmanuel oh, yeah, yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. Emmanuel That's America is so good. And the other, uh, the other Emmanuel movie is uh, the um, Violence in the Women's Prison, where she yeah. still plays Emmanuel. She's, she's playing Emmanuel, the reporter. So essentially, she's the same character from Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. So I, I watch those as like a, as a double bill quite often. And Black Cobra Woman. If you've seen Black Cobra Woman, it's fantastic. Well, Jack Plants and Lord Gamesner. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, Gabriel Tinti. It's the one where she murders him by encouraging a snake to crawl up his backside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I need I to see this now. Cobra Woman is pretty. Oh yeah, you have to see Black Cobra Woman. Yeah, I mean it's pretty graphic. Snake on up his backside as well. You know? yeah. There is a, a Severance putting out a Black Emmanuel box set, but I've 
pre-ordered. It's expensive, but it's got uh, everything. I will, I will have to get that. I, I love Laura Games. She was she was a great, real classy actress, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah she did wardrobe for Troll Two. Wardrobe uh, for yeah. she did wardrobe for a load of uh, uh, Joe D'Amato movies. She did the wardrobe for Endgame. You know, Endgame yeah, yeah. sort of finale. She did the wardrobe yeah. for that as well as appearing in that as well. With all yeah, the clothes on. <laughs> we're, big fans. we're big fans of all the italian post nuke stuff and yeah a lot of it's come out on blu-ray a lot of it's been restored oh, I know, so, yeah. I know. I know. so excited when they finally restored raiders from atlantis yeah, I, I was yeah. i've been waiting for years to see that movie properly i was it was fantastic yeah no uh raiders from atlantis is fantastic i i even some of the weaker films, I don't think uh, Todd. At least you and I, I don't think we ever had like a Italian post nuke that we didn't give a halfway decent review. Not, for. Uh, not, yeah. not from the golden era. We've yeah. definitely had some newer attempts. We were not happy yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, tried. I think the, the weakest ones like the Bronx Executioner. If you've seen that. Uh, with uh, Woody Strode. I mean, that's still fun. That's that's because there's two of them. There's the Bronx Executioner and there's another one, and they're both the same movie, the same footage. They just chopped it, rearranged the footage in the two movies, Bronx Executioner and Bronx something else. It's really I, I, fucking funny. I know the Bronx Executioner one. I know there's an MGM tape. It has Woody Strode in it and the, uh, the girl from Hell of Living Dead. You know the main oh, girl yeah. from Heavy Living Dead, who's also in The Last Hunter. She's in, in that movie. Yeah. God, Bruno Matai. Yeah, Bruno Matai. He uh, he's another one. Like I know he's made some not great movies, but I don't think I've ever disliked the Bruno Matai movie. Hell of the Living Dead. No, I, he's highly entertaining. Highly, he's yeah. so entertaining. I have huge source spot for his films. Actually, yeah. uh, one of the things that makes Bruno Matai. One of the things that he did beat the other Italian directors on is, for a start, he's carried on making movies right up to when he died, uh, about in the 2000s, maybe 2010 he died, around yeah. then. But he was making movies right up to when he died. And his last movie, which is a zombie, zombie something, he made a double bill of zombie films at the end of his career with a Filipino actress in, Filipino actress. And the second one of those is it's excellent. He uses the script from Aliens again, like you know he does in Shock and yeah. Dark. He just rips off Aliens. He literally uses the script from Aliens verbatim for this zombie yeah. movie. It's quite it's incredible. Good. Yeah, I mean, like literally everything that happens in Aliens happens just small scale with zombies. Are like a fan. Oh, you have to see it. I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you a link for it. I think it's on Tubi actually. But it's, it, anyway, it's one of his best movies. His last and his last women's prison movie also starred yeah. the same Filipino actress. She was in three or four of his final movies. His final movies yeah. are good, you know, like yeah, the last Year of the Cannibals, I think, was one. Uh, and yeah. the women's prison one. There's a women's prison yeah. one. Zombie: The Beginning. Yes, yes. That's yeah. um, that might be the one I'm talking about. Zombie: yeah, might be. The Beginning. Yeah. yeah, where this uh, they, they this, the pregnant zombie queen giving birth to all the weird little zombie children and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's pretty just sure that's nuts. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's sad because there's not a lot of the Italian masters left. We still have Sergio Martino, who's great, of course. Yeah, I love Sergio. Lamberto's still with us. Sergio's the most underrated. I, I put his filmography up there. Like, when he's on, I mean, he's he's right up there with with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Masters. Absolutely. I love I love his, uh, his Western with uh, Maurizio Merli, where he has first axes. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he throws axes instead of using a six-shooter. Um, what's it called? Manjango. Yeah. Or Sam for Brilliant. He's just a really good West. He made some really good Westerns. And uh, The Last Alligator, Islander, Fishman. You know, he made some cool yeah. movies, yeah. Some nice jellos. Oh, I love Hands of Steel. Yeah, it's so nuts. Yeah. It's such a nutty movie. Everything's about arm wrestling. <laughs> like, it's so fucking yeah. <laughs> They don't take it so seriously, the arm wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, his work with uh, Edwin Fennick was... I mean, you, you just can't touch that. And uh, yeah. we mentioned earlier, 2019, after the fall in New York. Oh, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Even his lesser movies were always entertaining, but I mean, yeah. your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. That's a great all movie. The- That's a great movie. Yeah. All the colors are dark as well. Right. All the colors yeah, are dark. Yeah, and his Italian police uh, stuff too—violent professionals. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit. I mean, you don't hear him mentioned in the same. You know, with the same reverence as an Argento, but I think if you look at the whole career, the Jallos, the Westerns, the Italian crime movies, uh, I think Sergio on par. I mean, Argento is like the most overrated of these Italian of the Italian directors. You know, in my opinion, he's just like a lot of people. They sing Argento's praises. They haven't seen any of Italian horror movies. You know, Argento is just the one that people have heard of, and they. You know, so that to be cool, you know, oh, I love Argento, you know. But, uh, and, and 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 right there, this is a good time for me to say, Pugs wanted to say hello to Max, he couldn't be here tonight, and he also is on the same Argento <laughs> way. Yeah. So, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't like the way people try to give Argento tried to get the credit for demons, you know, because it's a Lambada Barber movie. You know, Argento only produced it, but for marketing reasons, they gave him the big, Argento's yeah. the big name on the poster. And the same with the church, too, in fact. The church as well, Argento. Yeah. It, originally, it was like an Argento movie, and now it's just him producing it as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just find it strange the way his daughter is in all his movies, doing nude scenes in all his movies. It's like creepy. <laughs> I just find that really creepy, you know? Why do you want your daughter naked in all your movies, you know? I I don't think I could do that. I'd just be, you know, somebody else is going to have to direct these scenes because, yeah, uh, right. yeah Standall Maybe you just don't cast her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Standall you know. <laughs> I, I can't imagine Standall Syndrome. That, that one, like, yeah, Dad, maybe, you know. Yeah. Just let second unit handle this. Cause <laughs> and then they wonder why she's got some issues. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of yeah. issues, yeah. And I, I, went, I actually went to the cinema in LA to see Dracula 3D. 
And oh, that was so I I I did I was totally unprepared for how bad that movie was. I couldn't fucking believe it. It was <laughs> You didn't like the so, mantis? Yeah, the fucking CGI praying mantis. The CGI yeah. from like a PlayStation 2 game. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like PlayStation 2 CGI. And the scenes at night, you can see their floodlit. They've got a fucking floodlight. Like yeah. hard, really hard shadows from a floodlight. Just so I mean it was better when they used to shoot day for night in the old days, you know. It's and and uh, the actor who plays Dracula is not memorable at all. Like everything yeah, about that movie sucked, you know. Yeah, those those later Argentos are kind of rough. He did come out with a halfway decent Jello though. Uh, Dark glasses. What was it last year? Dark glasses. Dark glasses. Yeah, yeah. I, I was happy. It's solid. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm happy he didn't go out with Dracula because, goddamn it, right, God, that was terrible. That. that was so bad. Yeah, Walter Howard's in it too. I mean, yeah. it, on, on paper, it looked like a great movie. I was excited for it. And I, 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 this movie I saw before that was Mother of Tears, which I know people give it a hard time. It's not a terrible movie. I don't think Mother no. of Tears. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't as bad as Dracula. No, you know? no. <laughs> Sleepless. Uh, is solid. I, I, I a love great that beginning. Movie. Great beginning. I'll say that. Yeah. Like you watch the yeah, first the, fifteen minutes. The fucking trombone kill or whatever the hell uh, yeah. is shoved in that yeah. one dude's mouth. Yeah. That shit was fucking brutal. Yeah. And, and, and uh, doesn't it end up being like a midget or some crazy shit at the end of the movie? Uh, God, I'm trying to remember, and we just yeah, I think. I think it's like I think it's a it's like a midget yeah. killer or something because they thought it was like a little boy, and like the twist is it's a dude. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's it, a good one. Max von Sydow. I mean, it's you know probably one of the better later movies he did, but but I mean they all just went to TV. That was that was the thing. Like just the money wasn't there anymore to produce. Uh, but there were holdouts, you know. Matai still found a way. Yeah, Matai. Yeah, well, he just went. He just went to the Philippines and shot in the Philippines. Yeah. I mean, that's, but uh, I was uh, the one movie I was really stoked for that I was disappointed that they did not make was after Django came out, the Tarantino Django. Uh, they announced that Enzo Castorelli and uh, Franco Nero were going to film a sequel to Kiyoma. Or which would have been fucking badass, you know, and they yeah. were doing press for it. They were actually doing press for it. And then I don't know, the money fell for or something. I don't, I don't understand why Tarantino didn't produce it because he's got so much money, Tarantino. I mean, he could have just given Enzo Castorelli the movie, the money to make it, you know, and he's always yeah. said, uh, you know, how much he loves Castorelli. He named Inglourious Bastards. I mean, you know, he just took the name of a Castorelli movie. Yeah, and so it was disappointing that uh, he didn't help him get that movie made because I would have loved to see Franco Nero in a kind of unforgiven kind of role, you know, as this real grizzled old gunslinger. He, he could still do it. He was just he, he just could played still the, do it, yeah. He the just pope. played the Pope in the Pope's the pope, Yeah, I just watched yeah. that. I just watched that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think Russell Crowe's like three hundred seventy-five pounds now. It, it was it was kind of dumb but kind of fun. Uh, I, I like. I thought it started. It started off. Uh, I I was quite engaged. I thought, it was, and then it like it just went into sign a kind of stupid CGI. Too much stupid CGI for me, and it stopped being spooky. It just became like 
the Mummy Two or something. Like, yeah, it felt it, like it, almost it didn't like have a, the atmosphere. It felt almost like Indiana Jones at times. Like, I yeah, was like, Indiana yeah, like, Jones with a fucking pope. <laughs> yeah, like really. Uh, I was expecting it to be more realistic, except based on the true story. I was thinking it was doing more like the actual, the original yeah. Exorcist movie. You know, not, not as far, not as far fetched because it starts being scary once it goes beyond a certain point of reality. You know. But I hear it's getting a sequel. It is getting a sequel, I hear. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they're trying to kickstart a franchise with it. Which, I mean, I I, I thought it was okay enough that I'd watch more, but it's mainly just to see fucking Russell Crowe play a priest. I will say, though, I will say the movie peaked with that little kid fucking his... I forget what line he says, but when he's being all perverted to his mom trying to grab her titties, that, that was like that was like the best part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that it, it should have been movie. more stuff. It should have been more stuff like that, you know, more yeah. disconcerting stuff with the actors. If they do a sequel, I'd love to see Franco Nero. <laughs> I just want to see the Pope have a fight scene with some demons. I just... Not asking for much, but <laughs> yes. Grimm, yeah, yeah. Ben Grimm said Vespa scooters stock gone up fifty percent since that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want one now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, damn, uh, that was a weird week because you had Pope's Exorcist going up against Renfield. And, Renfield, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what did you uh, think of Renfield? Oh, I loved it, man. I thought, like, they, like there is a lot of CGI blood and stuff, but there's practical gore in it, too, that is really Yeah, cool. there's some good practical effects, yeah. And, and, and the kill where dude, like, kicks his intestines out of his asshole. That was, like, one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever seen. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite kills, it's from a, quite a recent movie, is, and, and so I thought all, I'd seen all my favorite kills, but this one in the Puppet Master reboot. Oh, yeah. The Riot, as a guy taking a piss, and a mm-hmm. helicopter puppet comes off behind him, decapitates his head, yeah. and his head falls in the toilet bowl, and he pisses on his own head. I'm like, wow. That is in such bad taste. That's amazing. <laughs> you, know? You, you, you know what's one kill in that movie that cracks me up every single time when they're jumping out the window and that chick misses the trash can completely and just fucking hits her head, guys? <laughs> I was really a- disappointed that I didn't get a sequel. They set it up for a sequel with Udo, Udo yeah. Kier is um, Toulon in Andre Toulon. And I thought that was fucking great. It was one of my favorite remake reboots, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah a really no, good yeah. movie. Uh, who that wasn't done by Full Moon, right? There was no, 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 it was not. No, no. Yeah. Full Moon I, just doesn't it, have the money. I think that's hurt that hurt that movie. It, it hurt that movie, right? Because Full Moon is still pumping out straight to video Puppet Master movies, like yeah. with Blade. Yeah. And for some reason, they always said in the 1940s, even though they have like zero budget, like so they're always <laughs> fucking yeah. terrible, like in one room because they can't afford to go outside, you know. <laughs> <laughs> outfits, but uh, so when the littlest white came out, I actually thought, Oh, it's another one of these crappy full moon movies, you know. They didn't remarket it well enough to distinguish it from full moon's current crappy, you know, products. But yeah. full moon do have a movie coming out soon that I am super fucking excited for, and it actually looks like it has a proper budget is Subspecies 5. 
It's coming out soon. Which actually, it's out right now because it's playing in theaters, well, yesterday and today, I think, are the two days. It's not out in Colombia yet, but I can't wait, man. He's one of my – Andreas Hove. Is it Andreas Hove? Who plays Ragu? He's one of my favorite screen vampires. I think Subspecies 2 is is one of the greatest vampire movies of the modern era. I fucking love those movies. The way he uses the shadow, Ted – Ted, what's the director's name? Ted Nikolai? Ted Nicolau, yeah. Nicolau, Ted Nick. Now, the way he uses the shadow, like in Nosferatu, you know, he makes the shadows grow and the long fingers and everything. It's so great. And he looked good, the trailer, for the part five. I mean, he looked like it had a budget. You yeah, know? I, I know Charles Band said they did spend money on it, and the footage that I saw was quite impressive. So I'm hoping yeah. the movie lives up because i still love full moon like you said the oh, yeah. movies were yeah. like 50 dollars they want these studios like trauma i mean their movies aren't as good as they were but they have a lot of classics that there's there. a couple there's a couple of uh things that full moon did recently that yeah. i liked like that uh the resonator series they basically take uh from beyond and fucking reanimator and mix it together uh, and it's like uh how many episodes did that get well, there's two movies out of it. I think the first movie was two parts, and then they split up the second one into like three or four. Yeah, so like they they the released it. Tubi. They released it like a show, but then there's a cut where it's a full length movie. And they did two movies, and they were pretty good. Um, well, I mean, still lower budget, but it was it was cool to see like a new Herbert West and the guy that they had playing him did a really good job. And oh no, um, I have to check those out, man. Yeah. Ben Grimm just just said this, and I was about to bring it up. Um, Doctor Death is the best puppet master movie in a decade. I'm gonna go with Full Moon puppet master movie in a decade because of Little Strike. Yeah. But yeah, that one they they didn't go the route of like we're gonna set it back in you know World, World War, II. War II. Yeah. It's set it's set modern. It's like in a small location. It's in a hospital, right? Yeah. It's in a hospital. Well, yeah, it's in a hospital. Psy- yeah, psychiatric hospital for old people or some shit. And it's more. Is there any CGI? I know it's practical, and there's some camera tricks. Uh, maybe a little bit of CGI blood, but not a lot. Yeah, but it, it is. It's 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 on that smaller budget, but they're not like trying to do too much, and it it hits the best out of any puppet master thing they've done since Paramount. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get on the subspecies movies because I've never seen any of them. Oh, oh really? Yeah. You have to yeah, see them. They're the best, best vampire movies, and some of the best vampire movies of the nineties. You know. Oh yeah, Subspecies, I believe, was the first U.S. film to shoot out that way since right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. I believe. I believe it was like yeah, they, they were shot the it a lot of it in Prague and check in the Czech Republic. Yeah. It's an amazing city, Prague. I've been there. It's yeah. The medieval quarter where they shoot it, it was all cobbles. It's it's, so, it's just beautiful locations, you know. And oh, cheap, yeah, especially when they went over there, it's cheap, cheap. Yeah, there's a lot in uh, Bulgaria now. Prague uh, actually doubles a lot of stuff, uh, though. Like, there's some bigger movies that have shot there, and they did. Uh, uh, what was the vampire? Shit, the vampire series, uh, Blade you know, the, Two, the sexy chick. No, apart from Blade Two, you know, uh, Underworld. Oh yeah, uh, Underworld? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Underworld. Yeah, the first yeah, one of those. That's all shot in Prague. Yeah. First underworld movie. Yeah, I've never been, but I, I'm told Prague is a really cool city. 
It is cool. I went. I went uh, probably twenty years ago now. It's yeah. very beautiful and very cheap. Just crazy cheap back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're living in Colombia now. So what's like the horror scene in Colombia? Well, I mean, I'm I live in a very rural area. Like, uh, oh, okay. so there's not much scene of anything. Oh, okay. He is the, the horror scene. Yeah. I, mean, I am the horror scene, yeah. yeah. Representing. Yeah. I mean, I want to shoot a movie over here at some point because, um, you know, it's so cheap. to Everything over here is so cheap. A friend of mine was just shooting a movie, and for $800, right, he went to the local army base. He said, I need some soldiers and a truck. He paid $800. They gave him 15 soldiers with machine guns and a truck for the whole day, doing everything he wanted. You know, like oh, wow. in the US, you'd have to pay $50,000 yeah. minimum for this. And there's no film permits. I mean, it's so cheap. And there's a lot of talent over here, too, finding cameramen and stuff is very easy. So I just haven't got the, uh, I haven't had the idea yet, you know, that really resonates on, but that's the fucking idea, you know, because I want to take advantage of being in Colombia, you know. Yeah. Doing something like you know, there's all kinds of shit. You get it, like organ trafficking, and you know, um, yeah. for a horror movie, I'd like so I want to make it like, real, realistic. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it, I can. It's a beautiful country. I had a, oh, it's, a girlfriend from there. Story, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, where I live is up in the mountains, so it's all scenic. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got the rainforest right. as well, you know, and, and there's areas of bamboo rainforest which are right by the road. But if you shoot the right way, it looks like you're in the middle of the Amazon because you've got all the right yeah. plants and stuff, you know. So you can make it look like you're uh, really somewhere completely remote without actually going anywhere remote. Yeah, it it's frustrating because I've started writing scripts for like gothic horror movies and, I, and then it'll hit me eventually. I'm like, where the hell am i gonna film this in the u.s it's such a yeah. young country basically there's no it just wouldn't work so it, well, it's that's really why I, I, I switched to writing novels you know for exactly this reason so you don't have to think about the budget i have finally have my books first book is coming out oh in a couple really? of months yeah i have a publisher oh, really? finally but I, as a as a film i wouldn't have had a chance you know but if the book comes out first, then getting an option made into a movie is more realistic. You know, T- tell us a little bit about the book. I'm curious, or what book you can cool. about the book. I could tell you a little bit. Yeah, it's called Judas Wept. It's uh, I said it's Judas. It's about the relationship between Judas and Jesus from the point of view of uh, Judas Scary. He's the Judas is the hero, basically. And oh. uh, my agent described it as it's like if Stephen King wrote the New Testament. I would describe it as biblical horror. It's a it's set during the New Testament period, uh, a historical horror. Oh, that sounds amazing! You know, uh, Jesus, really cool. and, yeah. Well, I mean, I want I want to sell some books. I used wanted to use characters everyone was familiar with. You know? Yeah, uh, Judas wept is the book. Judas Wept, yes, is, is the title. Oh, awesome, awesome! And so uh, it's coming out, coming out in England in a couple of months, and the US. I'm not 100 percent sure. We don't have an exact date for, but uh, okay, yeah, I spent yeah. four years writing it. But I did yeah. eleven. I wrote eleven scripts when I lived in LA. I wrote eleven scripts. I got meetings 
quite often enough to keep me in the game, but actually getting a movie greenlit, it's, it's, it's not just a matter of talent, you know, it's a lot of it's a matter of just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I'm knowing you know, the right people. Learn the right people at the right time when someone needs that movie, you know, and if they've just made a movie that's similar, then, you know, you're fucked. That's why I respect the fuck out of Steven Byro, what he's been doing with like the American guinea pig films. Like they're all self-funded by him and he's just fucking, you know, he, he finds a, a group of like-minded people that he's worked with before and just goes and makes a horror movie for, you know, $11,000 or something like that and ends up coming out. And because of it being so graphic or, you know, having a lot of shock value, it gets some buzz behind it. Have you seen any of those movies? No, I haven't. What are they called? American guinea pig. Yeah, so you know the Japanese guinea pig films? Yes, I do, yes. So yeah. it's like it's like an American tribute to those. And uh, there's four different films. There's two more coming out pretty soon. Uh, and each film is just a different scenario. Like uh, the first one is basically a fake snuff film. Uh, the second movie is about a mad, uh, like, I think he's like a doctor that's torturing people. Uh, that he's having imprisoned. And there's like also a love story that goes on with that. Uh, the third film is a straight up exorcist movie, which is actually like one of the best exorcist movies I've ever seen, in my opinion. Just because wow. it's, so, it's very. So what's the, the third one? What's the third one called? The, the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon. Yeah. Uh, that sounds very intriguing. It's very low budget, but it has like a bunch of gross out gore effects and it, it's really really well paced i i fucking love it and it reminds me of italian horror with how graphic and just ridiculous some of the scenes get in it um but yeah seeing people like that just go out and you know and he's got two more movies on the way and you know making his own horror franchise on his own dime but unearth films has been doing pretty well lately so i'm hoping to see him do more stuff don't they have one of uh the later films, um, House of Flesh Mannequins. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they put out House of Flesh Mannequins, which I actually really enjoyed a lot. Uh, they, you know what's funny about that film? Uh, it, it has a lot of real scenes of people doing uh, like extreme body performances, which like yeah. there's somebody that like gets stomped with glass on their face and stuff. Yeah. And it's, all, it's all real shit. Uh, a lot, there's like a scene where somebody's getting their dick pierced and it's all real. It's crazy. Uh, and yeah, Giovanni's in the, in that really fucked up story too. It's like, the, the I think the opening scene has this guy that's selling fucking child pornography or some shit. To, wow. and, and yeah, it's, it's a wild, wild movie. And Unearth always puts out wild shit like that. It's funny, we were talking about Diodato before. They're going to be putting out the Profane Exhibit, which is an anthology film that has yeah. uh, Rogerio Diodato. Doing 15 years in the making. That thing was like considered like they were just never going to finish it. There's, yeah. I'm so like excited just for that because I'm such a big Diodato. So which which I saw I saw a Diodato movie in an anthology quite recently. Oh, what the hell was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it, I didn't think it was that good. Like I love Diodato too, but I, he what's the other movie he made? The Crimson something or the Red uh, something. Did. Uh, Quite Ballad recently, of Blood was Ballad of Blood. Thank you. Yeah, that I did not rate that at all. It's very. Uh, I would yeah, have known a, it was a Diodato movie if 
I hadn't read it, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of nakedness in that movie. I'll give it that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just didn't have good cinematography at all. There was a lot of no. really annoying camera angles in it, which I. But um, Diodato should be younger than the other guys, you know. He's a little bit of lengthy and full chin. Yeah, he made yeah, one of my favorite movies. He's live like a cop, die like a man. That's uh, that is. I kind of recommend that movie enough. It's one of the finest Italian police movies. It's oh, bonkers. It's a brilliant movie. Wow. Yeah, just Italian crime movies in general. Like uh, Fulci, of course, known for his horror, but Contraband. That's like probably Contraband. Just about yeah. Fucking yeah. excellent movie! It's uh, excellent. It's one of my fa- my favorite of those movies. I think that my three favorite would be Contraband, Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man, and uh, Lenses Violent Naples. Yeah, I'm going to Lenses Violent Naples. Oh, and there's another one that's fantastic called Weapons of Death, which has Henry yeah. Silver in. And mm. it, that, that's actually the most violent of all of those movies. That movie is so nuts. Violent with armed robberies yeah. with so many hostages getting shot dead. It's bonkers. Oh, I, I always tell horror fans to check out some of the Italian, Italian crime yeah. films. But yeah. I mean, people are just getting blown apart. I mean, contraband. Beaten is just and raped. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, what's the, what's the uh, Castorelli? The big racket. Castorelli, big racket. Fabio. Yeah, that's another great one. Enzo yeah. Castorelli. Yeah. Heroin Busters. Yeah, Street uh, Law. Street Law as well. Yeah, And those have that, some great soundtracks. The DeAngelis brothers, who did all the soundtracks for most of those movies, were really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Contraband is just about on par with his horror movies in terms of gore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And a woman gets the blowtorch on her face. And it's so... One of his nasty scenes, actually, which people don't get enough respect, is when, um, uh, what's her name? I've slipped in my mind. She gets beaten to death in um, Don't Torture a Duckling with the chains. The gang of men beat um, the woman who plays Flavia the Heretic to death with chains. Oh, Fl- Florenda Balkan. Thank you, Florenda Balkan. She remember when she gets killed in, in Don't Talk to a Duckling? That scene is so brutal. Yeah, every time you think it ends, they start whipping her with chains some more. <laughs> and then yeah, she crawls no. dead, crawls bloody up the road. She's lying there dying, and there's little kids are playing in a car going past. It, it's like, yeah, it's there's... one of Fulci's. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing like fucking Italian cinema violence. Like it's just on a whole nother level. I've been actually recently showing my girlfriend a lot of Italian horror because she just never knew about it. And she's uh, a really big Evil Dead fan, and getting to see the Beyond, like her jaw just was dropped the whole time because she's just like, I had no clue these things even existed. So I'm, 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 I'm throwing her through all the Fulci films first, and then we'll. We'll start going into the like uh, Suave and uh, Argento stuff, but I, I kind of agree with Max on Argento. Like, I have to be in a specific mood for some of his movies, and uh, out of everybody, though, Fulci is God. <laughs> yeah, Fulci, man. My my son was boasting to me. He said, "Oh, I can watch any movie. All your yeah. movies, and all really gory. These old movies." And he watches <laughs> like he was like a terrifier too, and all this, right? So he yeah. was giving it the big I am. 
So I said, I said, okay, if you can watch five minutes of this movie, son, I will accept you as, you know, like a horror maestro. And I put on the eyeball scene from Ripper of New York. You know, he really <laughs> slowly, oh. really slowly takes the razor across yeah. his eyeball. <laughs> my, my son, thank you. watched that for like maybe 10 seconds. He said, no, this is not good. And I ran out of the room. Said, this is not like a horror movie. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, you know, all, the, all the gore in the modern movies they're very gory but they cut away quickly it's like two seconds yeah. of blood and then it cuts and then a Fulci yeah. So, yeah, the eye stuff still gets me Fulci's yeah. eye trauma and yeah. a lot of his movies well, he uses they use real animal eyes for a lot of those shots that's why they look so real yeah. it's a real animal eye getting split that's the real yeah fluid yeah. yeah, that's a. Yeah. When I was bad. young, before I knew, I, I, me and my friend, right, my friend that I first saw Fulci with, we used to hypothesize that Fulci must have had one eye, a lot of eye patch, because in yeah. these movies, people are always getting their eyes gouged down. We thought maybe he just hates people with eyes. He lost his <laughs> eye in an accident. You know? Like this one eye director. Now every fucking movie he's in, you know, there's eyes getting popped out. I mean, the Beyond, there's like four eyeball scenes in the Beyond. There's the glass from the front. There's a peg pops an eyeball out from the back. Yep. Yeah. You know, like zombies, the, the famous wooden spider. Oh, the spiders eat fucking uh, eat his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I With Fulci, I have to go Beyond is my favorite. House by the Cemetery is a really close second, probably. I love that yeah. movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Beyond, I think, is his masterpiece. But uh, uh, well, he's had masterpieces. Don't torture a duckling. Don't torture a duckling is really uh, amazing yeah. movie as well. Oh, yeah, lizard and a woman's skin. That's uh, yeah, pretty much. That's good. I don't know. He did. Yeah. I don't know my favorite, but I'm gonna put this one over because it never gets the love. I'm a big fan of Murder Rock. Um, oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just rewatched it again quite recently. Yeah, that one I'm a little on. I remember it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't have the Fulci gore. So. It doesn't have the gore, no, but it has the Fulci sleeves. Yeah, and the soundtracks yeah. kick ass. Yeah. The soundtracks were, kick ass. Uh, and he, I love that act too. Well, what's uh, what's his name? He's in Living Dead at the Manchester Mall. Ray Lovelock. Yeah. Great love. Oh yeah, he's love, great actor. Last house on yeah. the beach. Yeah, last, last house on the beach. beach yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. also uh, live like a cop, die like a man. He's one of the him and Mark Perella, the two main yeah. cops in that. And he, he Ray Lovelock had a great yeah. career. He was in a lot of uh, great movies. Yeah, yeah last house yeah. on the beach. That's that's last house by the beach is a really underrated and nasty movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hopefully all you guys listening have a good list now. Yeah, we've talked about maybe shit <laughs> didn't hear about before. Uh, uh, but, I mean, yeah, just, just to wrap up with uh, Giovanni, uh, go back, revisit his films, because uh, he, he didn't make as many movies as, like, a Jack Taylor by any means. But, I mean, the stuff he did make is all good. Like every horror movie yeah. he made is worth seeing. Uh, you know, the the later stuff maybe a little less so, but still worth it for his uh, his his acting. I mean, he he was just a really talented man. That uh, uh, hopefully, I think will live on because I mean, my God, I mean, House on the Edge of the Park is more popular than ever. Who would have yeah. thought that would get a four K? And um, yeah. 
yeah, just just a just a great guy. And uh, for anybody that happens to listen to this episode, put your favorite Giovanni movie or your favorite Italian horror movies in general in the comments because uh, hopefully we gave you a, a lot to dive into today. Maybe don't start with Baphomet though. Yeah, <laughs> leave that no. one. Or last, <laughs> well, I'd still watch that one before. Uh, oh, geez, what lank lank animator, <laughs> like animator, like animator, yeah, like animator is a special. He's only a voice, so we'll just ignore that one. Yeah, <laughs> trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, don't be seduced by the cover art, it's not good, <laughs> but, but it is on uh, Tubi. If you, you did you SRS put that one out, no, uh, wild eye, one. yeah. Wild it feels more one. SRS though. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and uh, and for the legends that we still have, Sergio Martino, you know, Jack Taylor, uh, have, uh, if you get a chance to meet these guys, it's worth the trip if you can make it out to a convention. There's only so of, many legends left. One of my favorite actors from the Italian horror movies who's still going. I would love to put him in a movie one day is George Eastman. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, George, he from Rabbit Dogs and many other movies. He's such a yeah. badass, man. He's so cool in all his movies. And he's he, he's still uh he owns a restaurant in Rome. He's, yeah. So he's yeah. still meeting his patrons and he comes out and he chats to people. So he's still going. You know, I would love to see him in a movie, you know, again. And that cannibal yeah, movie, yeah, maybe and Pop and Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Eastman's another uh, living legend for sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack Taylor, I think, is almost ninety at this point, and he's still wow, acting yeah. as well. So there's, they're still out there, uh, and should definitely be appreciated. Uh, so, guys, we're. We'll wrap it up here, but uh, be sure to check out the live show tomorrow. We got a bunch of new reviews. Dr. Caligari from 1989 will be wild. I'm curious to see what you think of that one, Kruger. Uh, hope you be took my, I hope you took my recommendation seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Todd said to watch it high. and Very, very high. <laughs> yeah, very high. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, and uh, Max, I'm really excited about your book, uh, Judas Wept. I'll definitely be picking that up. Yeah, we'll definitely be plugging it on the show once. Uh, Thank yeah. you, guys. People yeah. get their hands on it. Yeah. yeah. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, well, on that note, Max, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And all you guys My out pleasure. there. Listening. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything else to plug? Any social media or anything you, need, you want to plug? No. Not right now. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But check out Judas Wept when it comes out, guys. We'll tell you more about it as when it gets a release date. And good night for now, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Good evening. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. <laughs>